0: And gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam
1: and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker. And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, mark winning picks, Lawrence. And now, let's get it on. Against the spread winning.
2: Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this another week of winners on the college and NFL football cards this weekend. And Victor, quite a week it was once again in college football. We're rounding into what will, that will, will be, I should say, the conference phase of college football games. A lot of non-conference games are played throughout the month of September and. Speaking about non conference games, I guess we have to tip our hat to the MAC conference on quite a job they did this football season.
3: We certainly do, Mark. Uh, the MAC went at it again, and I hope uh, some of our listeners latched on to some of those MAC teams last week as they went a perfect 5 0 against the spread against the Big Ten last week. They've gone 10 2 against the spread for MAC teams this year against the Big Ten. 23, 13, and 3 ATS overall in non-conference games for the MAC. So uh, they are your uh, conference leaders after one month of the season. Uh, What's a little bit perplexing is that they do so well and overachieve when playing the Power 5 conferences. But then you see a team like Eastern Michigan, who's a three-point home favorite to an Army team that's lost, what, 21 straight road games in a row? (laughs) And not only does Army get the win... But by 22 points against Eastern Michigan, so a little head scratching. They overachieve against the the very good conferences, but every once in a while they do uh, fizzle a little bit, like Eastern Michigan did against Army.
2: You know, Victor, talking about head scratching. Uh- I love to keep the stats in every football team. And uh, this week I will be rolling out the first of what I call the inside the stats articles that I will produce and publish on the playbook.com website. And when we go inside the stats, we're basically looking at to see how teams actually played on the football field, not the scoreboard where everybody seems to gather a perception about the teams, but how they actually performed on the field in the stats. And I'll just say this, that last week there were 10 teams that won football games last week that were inside out or lost the yards in those games, two of which there were huge 100-yard discrepancies in those contests. And the, one of those two happens to be Marshall, a football team that I, is being head-scratching for me this football season here. And it all started with that Purdue game in week number one when they beat Purdue on back-end pick sixes in an inside-out football game. And they did it again last week. Marshall went to Kent State one of the rare Mac losers last week, and they managed to win a football game in overtime despite the fact that they got out-yarded over 150 yards in the contest. So we'll keep a pulse on teams like these because they're almost always either buy signs or sell signs for college football teams as we move into the month of October. You can check that out later on the week on Thursday at the playbook.com website for our Inside the Stats weekly article. Victor, I know you mentioned to me before the show, it was a pretty good week all in all for college football favorites as well last week.
3: A good week for favorites. 25, 18 and 6 overall for college football favorites. uh, The surprising thing was it wasn't the home favorites that did well. It was actually the road favorites last week. They went 11, 5 and 3 against the spread again in college football. And um, from a total standpoint, we've got a couple of uh, surprising over teams and some surprising under teams there have been five teams in college football this season that have started off with a perfect 4 and 0 oh over under record fueled by good offense and a not so good defense those five teams who are a perfect 4 and 0 oh to the over University of Cincinnati, who of course plays uh, our Miami Hurricanes this coming Thursday night, Indiana from the Big Ten Conference, Memphis, who played Cincinnati last Thursday in that very, very high scoring game, South Alabama is a perfect 4-0 to the over, and a little bit surprising, Virginia Tech, also a 4-0 to the over team. And on the flip side, we've got the teams who started the season 0-4 over-under, 0-overs, 4-unders. That includes uh, some pretty good defensive teams, if you ask me. Northwestern from the Big Ten Conference, Duke from the ACC Conference, Missouri with that very good defense in the SEC. Michigan has started off with a surprising 0-4 over-under record. And also, finally, Arizona State from the Pac-12 Conference. And as long as we're talking about totals, Mark, I got to talk about one total this week, and I, I mention it because uh, for our King Creole selection last Saturday, we uh, went over the total in the TCU Texas Tech game It's a four-star over/under best bet. The over/under line was anywhere from 83 and a half to 84 and a half, and yeah, that's what you call setting the bar high in a college football over/under game. The great thing for us over players was we actually cast a winner on the first play of the fourth quarter. Uh, Both of those teams accounted for over 1,300 total yards of offense. When all was said and done, TCU had a last-minute come-from-behind win. They combined for over 100 points. And I mention that game because there's a game this week in college football and we see over-under line is the highest I've ever seen, certainly the highest uh, in the history of our database, Baylor is going to be hosting the very same Texas Tech Red Raider team this week. The over/under line opened at 85 and a half points. As we record the show on Wednesday morning, the over/under line in that game is now at 90.
2: Wow, ninety points in the <laughs> college football game—that's almost—it is unheard of. Ninety points in a college football game, and you know the funny thing is that could be over ninety points after three quarters in that game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Baylor, I, I gotta throw this in here also. That Dave Bartu—he's uh, a very, very popular football handicapper. He has a great website called CFB Matrix, M-A-T-R-I-X dot com. And Dave does a great deal of analytical insight into the world of college football. He is debuting this week what he calls the Real Top 25. And this is a poll of people that are in uh, either in the know, they're either in the media, they're professional handicappers, they're uh, also sports writers, people that uh, will present what they feel each week are their Real Top 25 teams. Not the polls that we see each and every week produced by the USA Today sports writers in the AP Top 25 polls. This will be what we are calling the Real Top 25, and you want to check this out. I'll just tell you, our listeners out there, that my first week in this poll, and I'm I'm also a pollster in this Real Top 25, my number one team that I've slotted in the number one slot happens to be the Baylor Bears, and I did that largely based upon not only the uh, the yardage that they're putting up, but the dramatic yardage that they're putting up. They're averaging over 700 Mm -hmm. yards a game, over 60 points a game. Hence, that's the reason, Victor, that you see a 90-point total in this Texas Tech football game. It's really interesting to see whether or not they can dent the 90 in that particular football game. But check out the real top 25, Dave Bartu, at cfbmatrix.com. I'm sure you'll find that website to be very, very informative. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show, Let's switch gears, Victor, and go over to the National Football League side of things. And after three weeks, when the dust has settled, we're finding a few surprising 0-3 and a few surprising 3-0 and teams in the National Football League. And of the 0-3 guys, Victor, there's a lot of the usual suspects that are 0-3, as were to be expected. And there's some that weren't. Of this group, Victor, right from the top of your head, can you tell me who you think might rise from the ashes from this 0-3 group that we've seen thus far to start this season?
3: I would have to think the two teams that were in the playoffs last year still have a shot. The Baltimore Ravens at 0-3 and also uh, the Detroit Lions at 0-3. I still think we've got uh, the possibility of one of those two squeaking into the playoffs, Mark.
2: I agree with that, Victor. In fact, uh, it'll be interesting to see how Baltimore fares Thursday night. You know, we do this show on Wednesday mornings, Thursday night when they invade Pittsburgh. That'll be a big, big football game. And it is playoff revenge for the Steelers in that contest. But if you look at Baltimore's losses this year, every one of them have been by six or fewer points. So they could very well be a 3-0 and football team that we're talking about as opposed to an 0-3 team. And on a 3-0 side ledger of the card, Victor, who do you see maybe regressing off of this great 3-0 and football start this year? Year.
3: Uh Carolina Panthers at 3-0, also their division mates Atlanta at 3-0 as well. I do think Carolina they don't have quite the impact players on offense. You could see them slip a little bit. And the Cincinnati Bengals as well. I know Andy Dalton is playing out of his mind here in the first 3 games of the season, but he is still Andy Dalton and there'll be times when uh, he's going to be throwing the picks. I don't see Cincinnati running the table like it looks like that done to the first three weeks of the season, Mark.
2: Andy Dalton having a great start, as you mentioned, and I think a lot of that is not only all attributed to A.J. Green and finding him uh, for all these scores each and every week, but also the addition of Marvin Jones into the lineup. He was a wide receiver that was hurt early on in the season last year, and he's got a full array of weapons, if you will, and I think Cincinnati's well taking advantage of that this football season. And between Charlotte and Atlanta, or Carolina, I should say, in Atlanta, inside that uh, NFC South division here, you have to figure that one of these two teams are going to come back down. More likely to me, it being the Atlanta Falcons, just from where they lived last year. Charlotte had a taste of the playoffs last year. Atlanta Falcons were buried near the cellar. The only reason they weren't in the cellar was thanks to the Tampa Bay Bucks. But uh, truth be known, I think Dan Quinn's doing a great job with the Falcons here, but I think by the time we get to the halfway point in the football season, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Falcons at eight and eight on the year. And Victor, before we go to break, I know you want to mention about the DraftKings and everything that you've been doing with DraftKings and your Fab Five football articles each and every week. They're very, very popular, very, very resourceful. You do a terrific job doing that. And if you would bring our listeners up to speed on what you're doing with the Fab Five and as far as the DraftKings weekly contests are concerned.
3: Our Fab Five Lineup Lab article is posted every Thursday at playbook.com, in which we basically have five experimental lineups that you can use in some of the larger tournaments, the GPP tournaments, the guaranteed prize pool tournaments. Last week, uh, there were some receivers who were just basically playing out of their minds. If you played A.J. Green or Steve Smith Sr. or the very reliable Julio Jones Or Randall Cobb on Monday night, chances are you cash money in your tournament. Uh, My Millionaire Maker team was fortunate to finish in the money. Nothing substantial, nothing significant. But at least when you finish in the money in that tournament, uh, you get your money back and then some. Uh, In terms of our little segment here that we do for DraftKings, Mark, two weeks ago we talked about the strategy of doubling down, and that's incorporating a kick returner. Uh, in addition to your wide receiver or running back, and uh, you always want to think about doubling down. Last week we talked about game flow or game script and how you can apply your knowledge as a handicapper or as a better in regards to the point spread, and you can apply that when setting your lineups in terms of uh, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks. This week I want to talk a little bit about uh, a little inside information that we have in regards to DraftKings that should give you a little bit of value moving forward for the rest of the season. And people don't realize this, but DraftKings sets their salaries for the upcoming week Sunday nights at around 8 o'clock Eastern. Now, what that means is they do not incorporate the results of the Sunday night game in their salary structure. They do not incorporate the results of the Monday night game in their salary structure because, again, they set their salaries Around eight o'clock on Sunday night. So my point is this: If you have an individual player who had a very good Sunday night or a Monday night performance, there's going to be value on that player the upcoming week. Case in point: Aaron Rodgers had a very, very good Monday night. Uh, he threw for five touchdowns, and his salary this week is actually less than what his salary was last week. His salary was eight thousand dollars last week. It's seventy-nine hundred this week. Yes. He is still the highest-priced quarterback in the NFL this week at 7900 However, you know, based on what he did on Monday night, his salary should be $8,500 to $9,000. So you're actually getting a little bit of value this week on Aaron Rodgers because his salary has actually gone down uh, from $8,000 to $7,900. Another guy, Jeremy Macklin, had a very good Monday night. Now, I know it was basically in the second half, and I know it was basically in garbage time as Kansas City was playing catch-up. Against the Packers. But his salary in that Monday night game was $6,000. Guess what? His salary this week's game, $5,800. It's come down $200, despite the fact that he had 14 targets, eight catches, 141 receiving yards, and a touchdown. So there's value in Jeremy Macklin. He had a good Monday night performance, and his salary has not been adjusted thusly. Uh, a guy like Randall Cobb, who he had a very good uh, Monday night, three touchdown passes uh receptions if you will. He caught 7 for 97 yards, 3 touchdowns. His salary is exactly the same as it was last week as well. So the point is with this a little bit of insider information, if there's an individual player who had a really good Sunday night or a Monday night game, there's going to be value on that player because DraftKings will not adjust that salary until the following week, 2 weeks later. So that's our little strategy this week is uh, take a look at some of the players who had good Sunday night or Monday night performances. There is value in those players uh, moving forward, particularly in this particular week. Looking for a cheap quarterback this week? I have two I want to suggest. Tyrod Taylor at $5,800 or Carr, the quarterback for Oakland, at 5300 Carr is looking like the real deal. He had a great game against the Browns. Oakland goes on the road and plays a very, very poor Chicago pass defense, and you can get Carr at a salary of $5,300 this week. Tyrod Taylor's taking on a New York Giants team that's allowing more than 330 passing yards per game, and his salary is still under $6,000. A very surprising player. This guy's put up top Five quarterback numbers after three weeks and yet he still continues to be one of the cheapest quarterbacks at DraftKings. Take a look at those two guys if you're looking for a cheap quarterback. And finally, cheap, cheap running back, Tyrod Taylor's uh, teammate, Carlos Williams, the rookie from Florida State. We already know that LaShawn McCoy will not be playing this week in Buffalo's game against the New York Giants. No shady this week, folks. Carlo Williams is going to get the start. He's going to get 22 touches or more in the game, and he is the steal of the week. His salary is only $3,400. That's only $400 above the minimum. Carlos Williams should be in just about every one of your large tournaments this week. And finally, uh, take a look at Lance Dunbar of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, No, does not rush the ball a lot. But Dallas throws a lot to their running backs. Brandon Wheaton is a check down quarterback. He does not throw the ball over 20 yards. He throws the ball to his running backs. He targeted Lance Dunbar 10 times last week, and Lance Dunbar caught all 10 of those. He had 10 catches for over 100 yards, and his salary this week is at the minimum of $3,000. So your two value running backs this week, Carlo Williams of the Bills, Lance Dunbar of the Cowboys. Victor
2: King of King Creole Sports with a quick review of the DraftKings NFL Football million to make, Millionaire Maker Pool on Sunday. You can read all about Victor's Fab Five lineups on the Playbook.com website beginning Thursdays as you get yourself prepared to enter into the Millionaire Maker at DraftKings this weekend. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our college football game of the week. A dandy inside the Southeast Conference when Alabama tackles Georgia between the hedges. When we come back after this brief commercial break.
1: Need guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today.
3: Attention, all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including the Gold Sheet. Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, Point Wise Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com, or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com.
2: Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this week's College and Pro Football Card. And it's time for our featured college football game of the week, a beauty inside the Southeast Conference when Alabama takes on Georgia in Athens between the hedges. Victor, your take on the showdown game between Bama and the Dogs?
3: Boy, this is going to be a great game, Mark. Uh, Before I get into it, give me here about 30 seconds to talk about our newsletters. You know, we're just concluded the first month of the season, the month of September. And, uh, you know, everybody should be getting some sort of a grade based on uh, that first month of the season and the results of the first month of the season. In regards to our newsletters, our playbook newsletter, our totals tip sheet newsletter, I have to give our first month grade a very, very solid A. The playbook newsletter best bets for the season are now at 16 and 5 against the spread. These are the three-star, four-star, and five-star plays that Mark releases in college football and in the NFL. Started off the season 16-5 and five in September. That's an A. And not only that, but the five-star plays, the games that Mark has tabbed as a five-star best bet, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've, I've got them going seven and zero oh this season, Mark. So we got to give the Playbook Newsletter a solid A grade in the first month of the season. Total's tip sheet six and three ATS overall after the first three weeks, sixty-seven percent against the spread. I'm going to give that an A, especially compared to last year where we started the year two and seven in our in the first three weeks of the season. So we'll give the tip sheet a solid A as well at six and three ATS if it's Wednesday morning when we do the uh, uh, podcast show here that means that we just put out the new issues of both of those publications the previous night, they're available at the website, this week's playbook newsletter $10, the totals tip sheet $8, you can download one or either or both uh, anytime uh, as of Wednesday mornings each week throughout the season so get on board because uh, the first one was very very good for the newsletters and in this particular game mark Alabama versus Georgia it's it's kind of rare that this early in the season you've got a must win game for the Alabama Crimson Tide but you do a loss would be devastating for the Crimson Tide when it comes to making uh, the college football playoff or even winning the SEC so this is a must win game for Alabama as they take on Georgia the over under line opened at 54 It's actually gone up a point to 55 points, and in the history of this series, this is the highest over-under line that I have seen, and I think that's going to play a big part in what I perceive to be the over-under value in this particular game. With that said, each of the last five meetings of this series have actually gone over the total, the average line has been 45.8, the average score, 58.4. They don't play each other very often in the regular season, these two teams. The last meeting was back in 2012 in the SEC championship game. In that game, Alabama was an eight-point favorite. They won by four. The over-under line was 49.5. Both teams combined for 60, went over by 10.5. So, yes, each of the last five meetings of this series have indeed gone over the total both teams have started off right in the middle, two and two over under this year. Alabama has gone 1 and0 in their lone SEC game of the season. That was that upset loss against Mississippi in which they were 80 points score. They've gone one and two over under in their non-conference games. They've scored 34 or more points per game in all four games this year. Georgia also a two and two over under team this season. One and one in conference play. One and one in non- uh, non-conference play. Uh, very good offense on Georgia. Forty-five point five points per game. Now we've got to temper that very, very slightly because they've been against uh, four pretty uh, cupcake-type of opponents, if you will. Southern last week, L.A. Monroe, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Uh, despite the fact that each of the last five meetings have gone over, Mark, I think there's a little bit of value on this game going under the total. If the over-under line was 51 or 52, I would totally lay off. I wouldn't play it at all. But the fact that it is on the high side, relatively speaking, 55, I think there's a little bit of value. I see this game finishing somewhere around 27 to 24, maybe 28 to 24, So that's right around 51 to 52. I know it's pretty close, but it gives us about four points of value on the under in this game, and it could very well be a big-time rushing battle. Derrick Henry, Alabama, Nick Chubb, Georgia. So if anything, we're going to look for a possibly lower scoring game than people anticipate, especially when we're getting about three, four, five points of value on the under, Mark.
2: Victor says look for the defenses to dominate in this football game as he leans under the total in the Alabama showdown game this Saturday. And as Victor mentioned, it's a long, long time between drinks of water for Alabama to dress up as an underdog in a football game. Nick Saban has to go back to 2009 to find the last time that he took points in a game. That was when he took three points against Florida, by the way, in the sec championship game. And he happened to win that game 32 to 13. The tie comes into this football contest here as a great play, as a conference underdog. In fact, in conference games against undefeated opponents, Alabama as a dog is 9-2-1 against the spread. Victor also mentions the fact that Alabama has one loss in the season, the last time that this football team lost two regular season football games in a row. You have to go back over five years to find that happening for this Alabama football team. It's a defense that has held all four opponents to season-low yards on the season thus far this year, Alabama with one loss in the season, but playing rock-solid defense. The Georgia Bulldogs, who, by the way, were my number three team in the real top 25 poll I mentioned earlier at Dave Bartu's cfbmatrix.com website, uh, does that mean that they'll win this football game? I don't think so. I think deservedly so are perhaps a number three football team, but they have their hands full taking on the tide this particular weekend. When Georgia has been at home in the third of three straight home games, the last seven times, they have not won the money in any of those football games, O six and one against the spread. The bottom line to me, you're talking about Nick Saban as an underdog in his career in competitive games when he's taken less than seven points. He's 16-4 and 4 to the point spread and a perfect 6-0 to the spread in that role when taking on an opponent that's off a win of 17 or more points. You put it all together for me, I'll play the Crimson Tide plus the points against Georgia for my side in this football game. Don't go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to touch on our National Football League game of the week, and we'll have to take a trip out to Las Vegas and check in with Andy Isco to find out what's going on in our Vegas Vibe segment. That and a whole lot more to come right around the corner here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats. Plus, complete analysis right up on every college and NFL game along with Victor King's NFL Over-Under Trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com.
1: Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join MyBookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to MyBookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at MyBookie.ag. Sign up today.
2: Hey guys, welcome back once again. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread in this weekend's college and pro football cards and it's time for our National Football League Game of the Week. We've got an AFC East Division battle taking place across the pond in London, England when the Miami Dolphins take on the New York Jets. Victor, while this might not be a marquee football game, it's a battle of two football teams that do not like one another, division rivals. Your take on the Jets and the Dolphins playing in London, England on Sunday.
3: You know, the hot seat odds uh, just came out a couple of days ago, Mark. Uh, The first NFL coach to be fired in 2015 will be. Well, guess who the favorite is at minus 330? That's our boy Philbin from down here in Miami. And depending on how this game goes on (laughs) Sunday morning, uh, he might be coming home to an office that's been cleaned out already in Davie, Florida, where the <laughs> Miami Dolphins offices are. It's it's panic time down here in South Florida. The Dolphins are, what, one and two in the season. But that was an embarrassing home opener on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. I know you use Buffalo as your NFL winner on Sunday. Uh, great call on that one there. But here we've had this offseason— down here in Miami with some major impactful free agent signings. We were some of the darling handicapper choices to go into the playoffs this year, brand new, renovated, uh, Joe Robbie stadium. And the dolphins really, really laid an egg in that first home game. So they are, the media down here is pouncing on the dolphins and again, as I mentioned, Joe Philbin could come back to—he could be a man without a team, depending on the outcome of this game. Of course, that London game always has that weird kickoff time, 9:30 a.m. Eastern time. The over/under line opened at 41; it's at 41 and a half. It's gone up about a half point in this particular game. This Jets-Dolphins series from an over/under perspective. It's been pretty low scoring over the last few seasons, 2-6-1 and one over under the last nine meetings, average line 40.1, average score only 34.1 combined between the two teams. Although last year's last meeting uh, when they played each other in December had 61 points in it. That game went over the total by 20 points when Miami played the Jets in December last season. We've kind of got uh, reverse mirror images of each team in regards to their over-under results this year. The Jets 1-2 and over-under. They started with a game one over against Cleveland and then have gone under in each of their last two games against the Colts in that Monday night game and against the Eagles last week. Two very good offenses. They went under the total in both of those games. The Dolphins, meanwhile, flip-flopped 2-1 and over-under on the year. They started off with a game one under, against the Washington Redskins, their lone win of the season. And they've gone over the total in their games 2 and 3 versus Jacksonville and, of course, last week against Buffalo, respectively. So Dolphins 2 and 1 over-under, Jets 1 and 2 over-under. The In the last four years, the Jets have been division favorites eight times. The over has gone a perfect 7-0 oh, and 1 in those games When the Jets are tabbed as a division favorite, like they are this week in London Town, the average points in those Jet games, 53.4. The Dolphins, a pretty good over team in their fourth game of the season, averaging 49.5 points per game, 6-1 and to the over the last seven years in game four of the season for the Dolphins of course both teams have a bye upcoming afterwards they usually do that for the london teams when they play they give them a bye the next week the jets have gone 6 and 2 to the over before the bye miami 5 and 2 to the over before their bye as well uh, i researched the neutral site games in london and uh, for some strange reason there tends to be a lot of weird and wacky things with these uh, games across the pond mark 5 and 1 to the over in the last 3 years in the games played in london A lot of times uh, with the funky uh, starting time, you see weird things going on, return touchdowns, defensive touchdowns, garbage time touchdowns. These London games have averaged 51.3 points per game in the last six years. All six of these games had 43 or more points. So, Mark, we're going to be leaning over in this particular game, Jets and Miami. I know we're talking about a couple defenses that are pretty good. Uh, Jets have shown it on the field. Miami on paper only. But we're going to lean toward the over in the Jets-Dolphins game, 9.30 a.m. kickoff Sunday morning.
2: Victor says, set the alarm clock, 9.30 a.m. start. That's on the East Coast, guys. If you're on the West Coast, how about sunrise, 6.30 a.m. for this football game when the Jets take on the Dolphins in London, England. The Jets come into this game under head coach Todd Bowles, one of the seven new head coaches in the National Football League this year. He's done quite a job resurrecting this football program. But they are favored in this contest. In the last 22 times, they've been favored in division football games. The Jets have cashed only seven tickets. They're off their first loss loss of the season in their last football game and have dominated the Dolphins of late in the series, winning the money each of the last three times in a row, including the final game of the season last year in Miami when the Jets came into town as seven-point underdogs, won the game by 13 points, and denied Miami a winning season in the process. So meaningful revenge, if you will, for the Dolphins in this football game. The Dolphins have played as poorly on the field as their record indicates. Even worse, they've been outstatted in all three of their Football games thus far this season. The good news for them, after that ugly loss against Buffalo last week, teams playing in London, England, who were upset as a favorite the week before, have gone four and one straight up and against the spread in games in London. Miami's also well accustomed to the airport travel to London, England. This is their third NFL football game that they'll play in London, England. The first time for the Jets. Miami's also 3-0 and straight up into the spread as an underdog with revenge in the series. The bottom line to me in this football game, as Victor mentions this, could be former head coach Joe Philbin, if they don't win this contest here. Philbin has really excelled with the Dolphins in games with the losing record. Take a look at him when his team has a losing record. He's been 9 and 3 straight up, 10 and 2 to the spread, went off a loss. I like the Dolphins plus the points in this football game. I think they win this game on the scoreboard. They take down the money, the Miami Dolphins plus the points over the Jets for my side in this National Football League game of the week. And with that, now let's hop out to Las Vegas for our Vegas vibe. Joining me with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, how's everything going for you in Vegas these days?
0: Mark Victor, things are going very well. It's uh, another weekend that uh, the uh, players got the best of the books this past week. So that's two out of three to start the season. And even though it sounds depressing for the books, it's not a bad thing because most of that money comes and gets returned to the books over the course of the next few weeks.
2: Yeah, Victor and I talked about that, uh, but the surprising start has been that way thus far, and uh, it's, you could say the scoreboard, two-to-one players as opposed to sports books. but as you say, that will likely turn around, and talk about turning around. How did things shape up last week, Andy, in the Super Contest? I know there was a lot of players in the contest that got off to great starts. Did it perpetuate? Did it continue last week, or was there a bump in the road?
0: No, it, it continued. I didn't get the exact number of five and O's, but we know it was over a hundred in week one and over fifty in week two. It was probably closer to that week one result because if you go through the standings through three weeks, they played fifteen games, 187 of the 1727 contests. So we're talking more than 10 percent of the entire field are 11 and 4 or better, including one person in the lead with a 14 and 1 record, followed very closely by two people at 13 1 and 1, and nine more people behind that at 13 and 2. As I mentioned, more than 100 people just at 11 and 4, 187 overall 11 and 4 or better. So it's been a really hot start for the contestants in this season's Super Contest. Last week the consensus did go just three and Two. there were a couple of narrow losses that would have uh, enabled the consensus, the consensus rather, to sweep the board. In fact, one of the plays was the uh, uh, the Indianapolis Colts giving up that late touchdown. Otherwise, they would have covered the minus three. They were one of the uh, the consensus selections. The only consensus selection that really performed poorly last week, uh, the uh, number fifth choice amongst all the ent- all the selections, the Baltimore Ravens favored by uh, two and a half. They had about a two to one edge in the contest in the contest. Uh, versus the Bengals, and of course that uh, that team went down. Although again, the Ravens had a chance; if they had held on, could have made it a perfect five and zero for the second time in three weeks. But right now, the consensus stands at eleven and four, the same as more than ten percent of the overall contestant field.
2: Andy, do you feel that uh, of the one hundred people that uh, are eleven and four or better in the contest? Is it it a good hot start or is it just in the numbers, the fact that there's over 1,700 entries in the contest and the numbers will bring you to that many people with this this, uh, strong of a record?
0: I think it's a combination of both. I think it reflects the fact that the players as a whole have done well as we just spoke about, winning two of the first three weeks, but also the fact that we've got a record field, 17,27 people, which is a 20 percent growth, a little bit more than that over last year. I mean, if you just go back to 2010, the year right before the Cup has started to take off, so we're talking five seasons ago, we had about 20 percent of this field. We had about 340 contestants in 2000. 10. So the fact is, is that, yeah, you've got 187 people at 11 and 4. That's 10. That's a little more than 10%. You're basically going back five years. If you had 35 people with that record, that might have seemed nice. But, again, it represented the same percentage as uh, we see today with that, that extraordinary record. Things, things will change. As I recall last year, and I don't recall the specifics, but there were uh, the leaders in the contest who the first uh, four or five weeks had an astronomical record, and they barely cashed a ticket at the end of the season.
2: We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy publishes a terrific weekly newsletter, and we're glad to say that the PlaybookSuperstore.com will be open this weekend. You can download Andy's newsletter, TheLogicalApproach.com, at the Playbook Superstore, or visit his site, TheLogicalApproach.com, to get your copy of Andy's weekly football newsletter. Victor, I know you'd like to ask Andy a question on the show this week as well.
3: Yeah, Mark. I wanted to get Andy's thoughts on the and his opinions on the the only game in the NFL that currently does not have a line. That would be the Sunday night game with the Saints hosting the Cowboys. Uh, I think that uh, NBC would probably rather have a different game on the schedule this week. That Dallas New Orleans game. It could very well be a relatively Boring one with no Tony Romo for Dallas, perhaps no Drew Brees for the Saints. I know that's why there is currently no line or over-under line. I I would think that even uh, Al Michaels of NBC TV will probably be laying off the over in this particular game. Primetime games have now gone four and six over-under in the season. So, Andy, my uh, long-winded question to you is what do you anticipate the point spread and the over-under line going to be in this uh, Sunday night game?
0: Well, it's interesting. I've heard two theories as far as this game is concerned, and of course it all has to do with the uh, questionable-slash-uncertain status of New Orleans quarterback Drew Brees. Last week he kept insisting he was going to play in, uh, in their game uh, against uh, what, the Carolina last week, and of course he never did, and I think they're going through the same sort of thing this week. I think it's sort of a uh, battle between Brees and the doctors, and I would be surprised if Drew Brees does play. So is uh, the projected line, if Drew Brees... Brees plays would be that the Saints would be about a four-point home favorite. If Drew Brees does not play, they're looking at this game as being mostly like uh, about a pick em. Uh, The total figures be somewhere in the range of 44 to 45, uh, probably a little bit on the higher side of Drew Brees does play, probably a little bit towards the 43 or 42 if he does not play, and it does present an interesting set of circumstances if Brees does not play, because then you would have two backup quarterbacks going up against the pair of leaky at best defenses. Certainly, that can be said of the case of the Saints. So the question is, when you've got two good, when you've got a good offense facing a good defense, the general consensus is the edge goes to the defense. When you've got a weak offense going up against a weak defense, the edge is generally thought to belong to the offenses. So if indeed Brees does not play, and of course Romo will not play, we may have a situation there where there could actually be more scoring than expected because of the fact that you'll have uh, the two. Weak weak defenses facing two weak offenses, then the offenses have an opportunity to uh, uh, complete their plays, whereas the defenses may be unable to stop even the weaker offenses.
2: Andy Isco from The Logical Approach talking about Sunday night's NFL football game, all waiting word on Drew Brees and whether or not he's going to participate in that football game, a big, big factor in the contest, to say the least. Andy, great job on the show with a pair of, Winners each of the last two weeks on your complimentary play. I know our listeners would like to know what you've got for winner number three this week on the football scene.
0: Well we're gonna go out west and take a look at the game between the San Diego Chargers and the Cleveland Browns. San Diego roughly a seven and a half point home favorite in most situations. They are returning from a pair of competitive efforts in losses at Cincinnati at Minnesota. Cincinnati, of course, uh fourth straight years in the playoffs. Minnesota showing every bit that they're going to be a playoff contender. Uh, probably won't be able to overtake Green Bay, but certainly appears to be on the uh the cusp of earning a wild card uh, certainly recovering nicely from that start in uh, San Francisco the first monday night of the season uh Cleveland they are uh, one and two as are uh, the uh uh, the, uh, the the San Diego Chargers. Uh, Cleveland, however, did something that many teams can't do and or haven't done, and that's lose at home to the Oakland Raiders last week and followed up a nice win over Tennessee and what could have been argued to be a flat spot for the Titans coming off of their opening day win behind Marcus Mariota in that tremendous performance at Tampa Bay. And, of course, the uh, Browns opened the season losing at the Jets. If you look man for man uh, on the roster, the Chargers have the edge at most positions, and especially at quarterback. Uh, where you've got Philip Rivers uh, an accomplished quarterback uh, throughout his career uh, going up against uh, um, McCown of the Browns and even Manziel in relief uh, one thing that I like about uh, the Chargers in this game is that their power rating may have been edged downward a little bit because of those losses at Cincinnati and Minnesota but I've always maintained that when you play competitively on the road against good teams you shouldn't make much of an adjustment if any in the power rating of a team so there's actually a little bit of value on the San Diego Chargers uh, laying slightly more than a touchdown in this game. I've got San Diego winning this game 31-14, which ironically is the same score by which they lost at Minnesota last week. And I'm looking for the San Diego Chargers to even their record at 2-2, two and two, get back into the race in the AFC West.
2: Andy Isco from the Logical Approach. He's on the San Diego Chargers for his complimentary play on the football show this week. Andy, once again, a great job on the show. I look forward to getting your Logical Approach newsletter at TheLogicalApproach.com this week to find out all about what Andy likes on the football card this week. Best of luck to you this weekend, Andy. We we'll look forward to visiting with you once again next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread.
0: Thanks, guys. Have a great week.
2: That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas for our Vegas vibe on the football card this week. Don't go away. When we come back, Victor and I got to wrap things up with our awesome angle of the week, and we'll also share with you our Top two complimentary plays in the football show when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread.
1: The all-new Playbook Cube is hands-down the easiest-to-use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a 5-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. Hey sports fans, football season is here and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join MyBookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to MyBookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at MyBookie.ag. Sign up today. now, the moment you've been waiting for, from the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week.
2: All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week. This week, we call it the first cut is the deepest, and what we look to do is to play on any college football team in game four of the season, playing with rest off his first loss of the season. We do that because since 1996, these teams are 25-10 and 10 against the spread. That's a 71% winning record. This week, our first cut is the deepest plays will be on the Air Force and on the Pitt Panthers for our awesome angle of the week on the show this week. And with that, I am going to hand it over to Victor King for his complimentary play on the show. And Victor, also, if you would, let our listeners know what you've got on tap at King Creel Sports this weekend.
3: Got a big one in the NFL this week, four-star over of the week in the NFL. That'll be up at the Playbook website, Mark, on Friday evening. And before I get to today's uh, free play in the NFL, there are four surprising over-under teams that I just wanted to touch on very, very briefly in the NFL. Uh, I take a t- I look at a team like the Cleveland Browns, whose strength is supposed to be on defense uh, based on rushing and based on low risk, high percentage short passes, I take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs, whose strength again is supposed to be on defense with that Andy Reid coach team. And then I take a look of a team like the Tennessee Titans, rookie quarterback. Well, these three teams are a surprising 9 0 to the over this season. All three teams have gone over the total in their first three games of the season. Very surprising to see all three of them at a combined 9-0 and to the over. And on the flip side, the Philadelphia Eagles were supposed to bring this high-octane, very fast pace offense to the NFL, and yet they have started the season with an 0-3 over-under record. So they've burned a lot of over players in the first three weeks of the season. Philadelphia has basically played only two good halves of football all season long, and that would be the second half of their Monday night game one when they overcame that big deficit against the Atlanta Falcons. And then last week in the first half against the Jets, they put up 24 points in the first half. Give them some credit. But they stank up the joint in the second half of that game. They scored zero points in the second half. Very surprising to see Philadelphia 0-3 over under on the season. Now, Mark, in this week's totals tip sheet, I broke down the NFL games by uh, start time, game time. I wanted to compare the NFL early kickoff games, the 1 o'clock Eastern starts, to the late kickoff games, the 4.05 Eastern time starts, uh, to the night games, the primetime games. So NFL early games, the early kickoff games, have gone pretty much the middle of the road, 11, 12, and 1 over under in the season. The primetime games, as I mentioned during the segment with Andy, have gone four and six over-under. But it's the late afternoon starts, mostly games out there on the West Coast that have gone over the total at a very high percentage this year, 11 and three over-under for the late afternoon kickoff games. That's 11 overs and three unders. And since I mentioned those games have gone over the total at such a high percentage, 79%, we've got to use one of those games as our... uh, tip sheet over under best bet and our podcast over under best bet. And we're going to use one. It's going to be the AFC NFC game in the mile high city as the undefeated Broncos are hosting the two and one Vikings. And we're going to be going over the total in this particular game as our free play this week, it opened at 45 it's down to 42.5 in some cases. So let's let the over-underline play out. It might go down even further, and then we'll snatch it on game day and play this game over the total. You know, I also mentioned in the the tip sheet this week that this is a good week of the season to go over the total for undefeated favorites. Uh, In fact, uh, last year, NFL Week 4 was the highest scoring week of the season period of the 16 games played last year in week four. There were 13 overs, there were only three unders, and the average points scored in those 16 NFL games in the 2014 season was 53.4. So again, I mentioned game four undefeated faves go over at a high percentage. They certainly do. Uh, these teams, like the Broncos, have gone 21-6-1 over-under. That's 78% overs since the 2006 season. And in fact, in the last four years, these games have gone over 90% of the time, 9-1 over-under. And I'm fully aware that both of these teams went under in their victories last week. But uh, Game 4 home favorites of five or more, like Denver, have gone 9-1 and one over-under in the last five years when both teams are playing off and under in their last game. The host Broncos here, they find themselves in a very unique scheduling situation. This is their only home game in a five-week stretch. They had back-to-back road games before this week's game, and they'll have back-to-back road games after this week's game. And our playbook database reveals that NFL home favorites of less than 10 points after back to back road games and before back to back road games have gone 23 and 5 over under when the over under line is less than 46 points. That applies this week to the Denver Broncos in their lone home game in a five week period. And, you know, I certainly have to acknowledge that Denver's defense is playing outstanding this season. They've improved substantially with Wade Phillips there manning the defense. But I can't ignore that in the Peyton Manning era, Bronco home games have gone 16-5-1 over-under when the over-under line is less than 54 points. And that includes 12-2 over-under in non-division play. Uh, Minnesota, they got a bye week next week. They they figured to let it all hang out with that bye week upcoming this has gone 14-3 over-under in the last five seasons. Non-division road dogs greater than five points before their bye week. And these teams have gone a perfect 6-0 and to the over when playing off a straight-up win. So let's follow the line move. Let's let it reach its lowest point, And then we'll be going over the total in the Vikings-Broncos clash. One of those Sunday late afternoon kickoffs that have gone over the total at a high percentage this season.
2: Victor King goes over the total in the Denver Broncos football matchup this week for his complimentary play on the football show. And remember, you can get all of King Creel's plays online at playbook.com this weekend for all of his top winning sides and over under total plays, King Creel Sports at playbook.com. Before I get to my complimentary play, I want to remind our listeners out there two things. Number one, the all-new Playbook Cube app is now available in the Apple App Store along with the Google Play Store. So if you have an Android or an iPhone, you can now download the Playbook Cube app, no charge, free of charge, either in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Download yours today. I'm sure you're going to love what you see, our initial rollout of the Playbook Cube app. Taking a look now. Also, my $99 football weekend that winners will kick off this weekend, including my college football false favorite game of the month, and that we've been documented on this false favorite game of the month. Simply. An underdog that we think should be favored in the football game, 35-11 since 1990 on our college football game of the month. You Get that play along with all of my college and NFL plays this weekend on our $99 football weekend of winners. When you log on to the website at playbook.com or call the office toll free at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the football show this week is inside the Big 12 Conference when the Texas Longhorns take on TCU. We're going to back the Longhorns in this football game playing with 48 to 10 revenge loss from last football season as head coach Charlie Strong now finds himself on the hot seat in Texas off to a poor 1-3 start thus far this football season here. But look inside their numbers, and you'll see that they actually outgained undefeated California by over 100 yards in a 45-44 shootout loss two games ago. Taking a look at TCU in this contest here, I think one of the most overrated football teams this year, largely because of their lack of defense. You're talking about a homecoming favorite here that is allowing points in yards in droves this football season. They're escaping only because of their offense. And we cite this in the Playbook newsletter this week. Their last two games, their two opponents that they've gone up against, SMU and Texas Tech, TCU allowed 1,115 yards and 89 points to those two teams. Last year, against those very same two teams, TCU allowed... 691 yards, and a total of only 27 points against those same two football teams. There's a hole on the defense at TCU. Texas will take advantage of that. We'll look for the visiting team to go to 4-0 and straight up and against the spread in this football game when Texas surprises TCU for my complimentary play on the football show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I'm to thank our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.